Welcome to Love Quest International Church. This is our series, Love Gone Wild. Here's Pastor Terrence Richmond. This is the first time I've preached on this topic since we've planted this church. Some of you are like, uh oh. <laughs> but I think this is one of the most attacked areas in the body of Christ. And it also handicaps the church from truly being able to advance the kingdom of God. And so I'm going to do my best to challenge our thinking. Some folks may be in here and you might be dealing with a religious spirit. Let me tell you before you say, no, I ain't dealing with no religious spirit. You might be. But I am going to speak truth. I'm going to speak revelation. And lives will be changed because God did not call us into this community to be a broke church. To be a resourceless church. Because if he did, we might as well pack it up and just go do church out the house. But one area God is about to move in this town, it is so much wealth coming to this community. And the Lord is putting his church right in the middle of it. Because he should be able to trust us to advance his kingdom. Amen. And you can't steward a thing you don't understand. But also God is not asking, you cannot steward without being free about the issue and so I'm about to snap off into this word if you don't mind say pastor we praying for you now we can we can go as deep as far as excited as we need to be can be let's do it you ready all right yes let's do it let's do it oh I got a couple nuggets I gotta get off before I start off Getting out of poverty is one thing, but getting out of debt is another. <laughs> we think lack is poverty. No, it's a mindset. <laughs> it's easy to get out of debt, even if it takes a long time. You just need some money to pay the bills. But poverty is a soul issue it's a mindset issue you can have money but still be afraid to spend it be afraid to share it be afraid to get a loan no getting a loan is not bad unless you don't pay it off see our relationship with finance money is not in this world for you to be afraid of it money is not a source it is the, a resource. God is the source. So the attack comes to get us to back down and just say, whatever we get, we get. We, whatever happens, happens. But no. No. That's not God's plan. He talks about finances more than he talks about heaven and hell. 
Money is not a need issue for God. It's a heart issue. Because outside of him, the only threat to humanity is this issue with finances and mammon. So, we must be ready for the wealth that is coming. The hospital that's coming down the street over there. The, the train, uh, br the bridge that is they're about to build back here. The gentrification that is about to take place in this community over the next 10 years. And what did he do? He didn't bring us over here to get in the way of finances. He brought us here to be soldiers. So the harvest that is coming and will be drawn. Because they have to expand from that way to this way. And after they cut off that street back there prior, this is going to be one of the main vessels to get into downtown and out. I'm from Oakland, California. Gentrification been happening. Developments have been happening. They are passing laws for churches. Once we get out those buildings, they will never build another church. While we just chilling and doing what we're doing, we stacked up on top of each other. And we're, it's cool, we're doing new things. We're in movie theaters and we're doing these different things. But at the same time, we're being pushed out of stuff like this that God planned 110 years ago to be his house forever. And we have a generation that's looking for the cool factor. Opposed to valuing the whales and even valuing the old wineskin. Old wineskin don't mean it's bad. When it's time to new wineskin, you can't use old wineskins. But before you move on to the old, you, the new, you better learn how to honor the old. Let me get these things off of here. There you go, sweetie. So tonight, our topic will be grace givers. Grace givers. Grace givers. Say grace givers. Say I am under grace. I am free, not bound. I am free from condemnation. What my parents and grandparents went through may not be for me. I'm free. Lord, speak to me tonight. And don't be afraid to say what I'm about to say. Say, Lord. Forget Pastor Terrence. Give me a hunger to go seek the word about what he's about to release on my own. Please go. Okay? Grace givers. We're not just talking about being gracious givers, but we're talking about being givers who are giving out of freedom, not obligation. Uh, yeah, I grew up in an era where you was cursed if you didn't tithe. Let you get a flat tire after you didn't tithe. <laughs> Let somebody die after you didn't tithe. Walking around in this fear of what's going to happen because I didn't what? Tithe. About giving, we could talk about first fruits. There's different types of giving. But this big one that's been plaguing the body of Christ is this tithe issue. And there was a season where, where, where pastors would get up with debt and, and, and bills is due. And what they going to do? Hey, you curse with a curse if you don't tithe. Curse with a curse if you don't tithe. You put it on real thick. It's real good. And you give out of fear. 
not freedom. You give out of obligation, not freedom. You give out of the law and not out of grace. Now, I'm not preaching grace way over here. You can do what you want, ignore God, live. But when you have the right heart, no one even has to ask you to give. When you walk in agape, you can't stand not to give. <laughs> Say grace, givers. You are free from paying tithes, but you are free for releasing the blessing. Free from, free for. <laughs> free from paying. See, I grew up on the New Testament side feeling like tithing, I had to pay. Whenever we went around, we was paying our dues. No, look, let me, let me tell you right now. I'm all for tithing, believe in tithing, we'll tithe for the rest of my life. You don't have to tithe if you don't want to. The Lord will still love you. I am not preaching this in, not, not, come on, we're a church plant. You think I'm about to sit here and tell you you're free from tithing? You think we don't need, you think there's no need? No, 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 no. But what I want is the blessing resting on this house. And I want free people, not obligated people. Because obligated people get burned out. They run, they leave, they, they, they head out the back door, and you never see them again. They can't sleep at night. They talk about the church behind the church back because they feel forced to do it. But let me tell you, you don't have to. Proverbs 10 says, the blessing of the Lord, it makes truly rich, and he adds what? No sorrow with it, neither does tolling increase it. The blessing, not blessings, not a new car, not, not a house, all that stuff that you're counting, God blessing you. There's blessings, and there's the blessing resting upon you. When the blessing is resting upon you, before blessings come in your life, you still got joy. <laughs> Hard work doesn't increase the blessing, but it may increase the income or laborious opportunities. You grinding is not increasing the blessing. Right? The blessing, an atheist can't get the blessing, but an atheist can get blessings. Because it rains on the just... And it rains on the unjust. And the blessing is God's empowering presence resting up on your life. And you just tend to, no matter what the season look like, not just strive and not just thrive, but soar. The blessing of the Lord. Say the blessing. TPT says, true enrichment comes from the blessing of the Lord. True enrichment with rest and contentment in knowing that it all comes from him. Now, I want to go back to the Amplified because you want, I want you to point out before I move too fast. He adds, when God is on something, there's no sorrow. And I remember somebody blessed me and my wife with something significant. And then turned on us. 
You know, them parents be like, hey, if you need something, just give me a call. As soon as you call them, you got to endure this lesson first. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow. The blessing upon your life is to bring to your life, not bring sorrow and weigh you down and make you feel guilty. The blessing has no strings attached. No sorrow. So when I walk in the blessing and I give from the blessing, I don't give to get blessed. I give from the blessing, it's not sorrow. Uh-oh, here come offering time. Oh my God, the church needs something. Listen, the church going to always have some needs. You want to get people heavy and obese? Keep stores, and keep stores open that can sell them the stuff. You want to get people blessed and in the kingdom? Let me tell you something. To receive Jesus is free. But to take the gospel to the world, it costs. Because if it didn't, we wouldn't have hundreds and thousands of churches closing their doors every year. Godly giving is never a burden. It's a joy. Godly giving is never a burden. It's a what? Joy. You, you giving high fives. If it was no music during offering, I still got joy. Godly giving is a response of gratitude. God, you done did everything for me. You done brought me out of this situation, God. You've saved me. You've sacrificed for me. You blessed me. You rooted for me when I didn't root myself for myself. You loved me when I didn't love myself. That's one of them exciting points right there. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only saved person on this plan. He blessed me for one reason. And that's to worship him. You think you blessed to be worshiped. <laughs> nope. You have been saved and you have been blessed and you have been kept to worship him. A kept life should look like a life of worship. Exodus 8 says, then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord says. Why? All we hear about is let my people go. But why did he say let my people go? It's right there. Talk to me. So that may what? So that they may worship me. I freed you to worship me. You in Egypt for 430 plus years and you think I'm going to deliver you just so you could stay in bondage. I freed you so they can what? Worship me. Exodus 9.1 goes on. Tell them again. Let my people go so they can worship me. And if we go to uh, Exodus 12, we'll see where they, was, they told Egypt to give them gold and silver and clothing. And that's when they gave it to them. 
over 600,000 men, not including women and children, walked out of Egypt with spoils. After four, do you know how many generations that is that was in slavery? Who going to walk out of Egypt in your family? Somebody got to walk out, but if everybody don't mind being in bondage, then the whole bloodline going to remain in Egypt in church. <laughs> Giving is a heart issue, and the heart is a worship issue. Who and what do you treasure? Don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually what? Rust decays and loses its what value man you buy a brand new car as soon as you drive it off the lot 20% says the lawyer as soon as you drive it off the lot and every day after that it's losing its value that thing you work so hard for that thing you work so hard for the moment you get it it starts to die The moment you get Jesus, you start to live. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures. This is what I'm doing. I'm stacking. This is why I can come as an immigrant and have peace while the process is taking place. Because every last one of y'all, I'm stockpiling. I'm going to pour, pour my life into you while I'm waiting for the blessing, while I'm waiting for the check, while I'm waiting for the house, while I'm waiting for next orders. Guess what I'm going to do? Pour into your life. And every time I pour into your life, guess what's happening? Interest is happening. It's, I'm stockpiling. While folks is out there all day and they, 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 they're not putting no time aside, they, you go right ahead. See, the blessing rests up on you, and you can go through a process of what to culture looks like lack. But what's happening is increases happening in the realm that you can't see. But when that pinata busts, you're going to see all kind of stuff pour out. But when it comes, my heart won't be captivated by it. And that's the difference. You can stay on this long, wealthy trail, but if you never pause for a season to let God grip your heart, eventually it will take you out. At some point, you're going to have to stop and gas up. Your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. I love this. You can't read this too fast, Elder, Elder John. It says, for your heart will always pursue what you value. Your heart will pursue what you value. Your heart, you. And whatever I'm over here valuing, my heart going to follow that. Right? I'm, I, am a, I am a spirit being. I possess a soul. And I live in a body. 
My body is only doing what my soulish realm is leading it to do. And my soulish realm is doing what my spirit man is, new or old man, is leading them to do. Your heart will always pursue what value as what you value as treasure. What you what you giving your eyes to? You can't you can't sit on social media for five hours a day. Your heart is going to follow that. And if you if you spend time soaking in emptiness, oh no wonder it's easy for you to get your heart broke. No wonder when pressure really comes, you don't got nothing. Because you're not feeding yourself. The eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. I am here and we celebrating 15 years in a couple weeks, something like that, because of revelation. Not because of going to church. But going to churches that gave me revelation that I listened to and applied. Now he's telling me, allow revelation light to enter into your being. If your heart is unclouded, the light floods in. Somebody can get up here and preach every week. But if your heart is clouded, now you're mad and want to find another church because you're making the church have to penetrate your darkness. But you have to make choices to, to unfold. You can't just drive down the street and be like the windows fogged up. They just, I don't know why y'all fogged up. Windows fogged up. And what you going to, you going to crash if you don't press what? The frost. How you going to be mad at the window for frosting up? How you going to be mad at the pastor, the church, the community group? Giving you what you need, but you got to leave this place and do the work. You got to get rooted. Next, 23. But in your eyes, if your eyes are focused on what? Come on, don't, don't be afraid to say it. Money. Then what? How profound will be the darkness within you if the light of truth cannot? If the truth can't set you free. If the truth can't penetrate your heart, if the truth ain't making you excited, worship ain't making you excited, man, there's no reason to keep being sad and getting at it while I'm here. No. Something should be, when you truly encounter Jesus, man, something on the end, you just can't stay the same. Like I couldn't meet, I couldn't meet Pastor Julia and stay the same. So you know if I really encounter Jesus, I can't stay the same. Because she ain't better to me than Jesus is. When y'all came into my life, I couldn't stay the same. <laughs> so you know if I really encounter Jesus and walk with Jesus, I can't stay the same. How could you worship two gods at the same time? You will have to hate one and love the other. Or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You notice that, right? Church, 
the Bible, once you stop, it's harder to get back. You fast and stop sugar, it's easy to get back. Why is the Word of God and His church, the further you get away from it, the harder it is to get back? But when you put down sugar for one day, come on, Carlos, come on, Juan Carlos, just one week, how quick? Do you ever miss God? Do we ever young, hunger and yearn for God? For more than answering your prayers, but just, God, I want to know you. He say, he say, you can't worship the true God while enslaved to God of money. Mammon. What does it mean? It doesn't mean like you, 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 you evil. It just means whatever demands the money say, say you have, that's where you're going to be. Right? Nobody's saying, be, this is, please, everybody, go work. Have a career. And as, as much increase God wants to bring in your life, do it. But you got to understand you can't abandon the one who is bringing the increase into your life. Right? You got to carve that time out for him because eventually your heart, you think you okay, but eventually the right pressure hits. Mammon always presents itself as bigger, better, and more important than the true God. Remember this. This is so good right here. Remember this. The sons of darkness are more shrewd than the sons of light in their interactions with others. It is important that you use the wealth of this world to demonstrate your friendship with God. Absolutely powerful, Elder John. He's telling you what to do with your wealth. He says you use the wealth of this world to demonstrate your relationship with God by winning friends and blessing others. Then, when this world fails and falls apart, your generosity will provide you with an eternal reward. The one who manages the little, he has been given with faithfulness and integrity will be promoted and trusted with greater responsibilities. Faithful over little and trusted with much. But those who cheat with the little they have been given will not be considered trustworthy to receive more. If you have not handled the riches of this world with integrity, why should you be trusted with the eternal treasures of the spiritual world? You see this? Here goes, here, it's going to help you. He's not talking here. Whoever is faithful over a little bit of money or a little bit of business gets more business and more money. You notice he said, you're faithful over the riches of this world. Then you will be entrusted with treasure. See, it's hard. If you can't handle this monetary thing that you know is fading away, 
then how can you be entrusted with miracle work and power? How could you be entrusted with the things that God really values? He, he say, he say. See, what he tell, what he, let, me, let me finish reading this and I'll tell you what he's telling you because in here he's telling you what he's telling you. And if you've not been proven faithful with what belongs to another, why should you be given wealth of your own? It is impossible for a person to serve two masters. At the same time, you will be forced to love one and reject the other. You, look, you're not trying to reject the other, but you do. It's by default. You can't give your all to mammon and your all to God. You can't give your all to the things of the world and give your all to the kingdom of God. They're opposing forces. Now, the Jewish religious leaders who were listening to Jesus were lovers of money. They laughed at what he said and mocked his teaching. So Jesus addressed them directly. You always want to look spiritual in the eyes of others, but you have forgotten the eyes of God, which see what is inside of you. You're looking good out there, but the Lord sees your heart. This is about your heart, you guys. This is about you and I heart. The finances is what he's talking about when he says the little. The much is the treasures in heaven. The harvest. Souls. The least money, much salvation. Our trust is to be off. Do you know what this, do you know what the money test is about? It's about authenticating your trust in God. I'm saying it is about authenticating your trust in God. <laughs> Do you really trust the Lord with your increase, with your resources, with you find that, do you really trust him with your marriage? Do you trust him with, as he's saying, if you, if you, if you can't trust me with your finances, how are you going to trust me to help your marriage when it's going through hell? If you can't trust me with finances, how are you going to trust me if sickness hits your body? You can't trust me with this little thing I don't care nothing about, but what I care about is your wholeness. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, when he attacks your mind, when he attacks your body, when he attacks your children, you couldn't, you, you serve mammon. Now see if mammon can get you out. Money is a trust test. I'm going to keep saying it. it's a trust test. You think God really need our money? He wants your heart. That's what he died for. He, he died for your heart. <laughs> he showed you how much money meant to him when he died, when he became poor so you could become rich. He's like, you could have that. <laughs> God needs our heart more than our money. Mammon is relentless in its pursuit for man's heart. Lean on, trust in, and be confident in 
the Lord with all your heart and mind and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own strength. Lean not on your own. Man has its plans. But in the end, God, he going to have his way. <laughs> in verse 9 says, honor the Lord with your what? Honor the Lord with your what? One more time. Honor the Lord with your what? What is your sufficiency, your resources, your influence, your strength? Whatever you have influence in, God is saying, let me influence you while you influence in them. <laughs> From righteous labors and with the first fruits of all your income. So shall your storage places be filled with plenty and your vats shall be overflowing with new wine when you trust the Lord. We do not give in order to loosen his grip on our blessings, but in order to loosen our hearts for his will. We, we don't give to loosen his grip. God, come on now. You see, you see me? That's the third time I've been around the altar. Come on, God, unloosen the grips. Where my blessing at? No, 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 no. You given to unloosen the grip of your heart for his will and his purpose. <laughs> uh, see, see, where I'm from, they got this saying like, man, break bread. Maybe is, you ever heard that out here? You know, break bread. Right? He broke bread on us to break bread with us. Jesus, the bread of life. He broke for us so that he himself can break bread with us. Co-glorified. Joint seats. What are we doing? We're breaking bread with him. It's Genesis 14 says this, Mel, 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 Melchizedek, king of Salem, later called Jerusalem, brought out Bread and what? Wine sounds like what? Communion. This is in Genesis. This, this is way back then. Okay? This is before the law. And I'm going to help you out for all the people who like, all oh, the tithe was for the Old Testament. We're going to deal with that. Melchizedek, king of Salem, later called Jerusalem, brought out bread and wine for their nourishment. He was the priest of the God most high. Say priest. And he blessed him and said, blessed, favored with blessings, made blissful, joyful. Be who? Abram, by God most high, possessor and maker of heaven and what? Earth. And blessed, praised, and glorified be most high, be God most high, who has given your foes into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of all he had taken. Now Abraham had just had just won a huge war. Huge took all the spoils. And Melchizedek, the priest said, man, you, you, it is well. You did so good. Here, let's break bread. Let's remember the Lord. And look what happened. He says he, 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 he gave him a tenth. So instead of him looking to be rewarded, Abraham sowed his increase. Ten percent. 
Y'all see this. This is before the law. Okay. And the king of Sodom said to Abram, give me the persons and keep the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand and sworn to the Lord. God most high, the possessor and maker of heaven and earth, that I would not take a thread or a shoelace or anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. What is he saying here, people? You are not going to be able to say the reason I'm making it is because you helped me. Not everybody get the, benefit, the blessing of being called to a place they don't know. So God himself has to keep them. I find it a privilege that we've come to a country and all we can do is this. Not for lazy reasons. But son and daughter, go to a place and I'm going to show you. You don't know how you're going to make it. You don't know. But, I, but, but I'm doing something significant between me and you. There, there's a little favor here. There's a little, yeah, it don't look, it, but I'm trying to do something. What he's trying to do. He's not trying to get us out of debt. He's trying to get us out of poverty. And getting out of poverty may take a little bit more work. Money can't get you out of poverty. Money can get you out of debt. Money can get you good credit. But poverty, when he's getting you out of poverty, he is cleaning the bloodline. <laughs> I'm going to show you myself. I'm going to take personal personal responsibility for you and her. I got many people in that land. I got houses you didn't build. I, I, I got it for you. You don't even got to ask me for it, but you're showing me your faith by putting your heart into what matters to me. And if you put your heart into what matters to me, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. Scripture says... So I don't got to ask him for nothing. All I got, Lord, what you want today? Who you want me to touch? Who you want me to be a little more patient with? <laughs> because guess what? That's my ask right there. Who I need to forgive? That's my ask, right? I don't got to bombard heaven, Lord. I need this. Lord, I need that. The Bible says he knows my needs before I even ask him. What he wants is faith. What he wants is his son and daughter's hearts. Because our hearts was to some, our hearts was in the world. We popped, we popped the bottle, we smoked, we, we drank, we partied, we sat, we did, we, we did what we did. And the world, mammon had our hearts. <laughs> and eventually, so I know what I'm talking about being on both sides. And I don't have all the answers and I've learned I don't need them all. He is good with no explanation. Yeah, I don't know where that's going to go in the song, but no explanation. He, he don't need no explanation. He ain't got to tell me. Now, of course, yeah. That, I would make thread, shoelace. Take all except only what my young men have eaten and the share of the men, allies, who went with them. Okay? Aner, 
Eskal <laughs> and Mamre. Let them take their portion. Look, look what he said. I'm going to pay my tithes. I don't want nothing but bless, bless, the, bless my folks. After these things, the word of the Lord. He, you, you, you ready for this? You ready for this, Elder John? You ready for this? He, after, his, after he gave the Lord his heart, look what the Lord said to him. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, fear not, Abram. I am your shield. I am your abundant compensation and your reward shall be exceedingly what? Great. I am. See, a lot of times we do not allow God to show that he's his, our source. That every two weeks is our source. We never go through the valleys and the process so we can learn, oh, you really it. You my source, my strength. When all else failed, when that company failed, when I don't call, get called back, you are my source. You are my shield. You are my abundant compensation. That paycheck ain't my compensation. I'm married to him. I mean, truth be told, I need more than that, to, that check with the vision that I got. You my shield, Lord. Say, you my shield, Lord. Money is not your source, it's your resource. The promise, whoo, the promise wasn't currency, it was covenant. Come on, uh, uh, Carlos. The promise was not currency. You notice what he did, Brendan. He said, look, look what he said. He said, I am your shield. Your abundant compensation. You see these words. He gave him his word. He gave him his covenant. He just broke. He says, he says, the promise wasn't currency. It was covenant. Do you want covenant with God or you want blessing? You, you want something from God? You want God to bail you out? You want God to bless you? You want God to give you your desires? But even Psalm 37 says, delight in me and I'll give you the desires of your heart. Anything and everything Abram would ever need would flow from the covenant. Woo! Give me a towel because it's getting hot in her. Oh, my God. Anything and everything that Pastor Terrence and Pastor Julia and the Richmond family will ever need is going to flow from the covenant. That's why I'm not preaching today. Yes, if whenever God talks about some gift, you need to respond to it. Absolutely. But if, you leave, if everybody in here leave and don't sow and don't give, like at the end of this, we're not going to show you a picture and be like, hey guys, we're about to start a campaign. No, this is just the word of the Lord today and it's a part of love gone wild. <laughs> See, <laughs> you can't talk agape and not talk the condition of your heart. And you can't walk in agape when mammon got you. You can walk in eros, but you can't walk in agape. Anything and everything that I need will come from the, and flow from the covenant that I have with God. That's why we're going from what? Yes to what? I do. If the blessing of Abraham is upon us, 
then we must be in the same covenant. The blessing of Abraham, the blessing of Abraham. If you're in heaven, You can't, you can't say that we are we flow in the blessing of Abraham, but we got a different type of covenant. The blessing of Abraham, he says you are blessed to be what? A blessing, and the blessing was for Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and everybody after that. Include me. And Juan Carlos and Effie Ray and Carolyn, who and me, yeah, the blessing is upon me. The tithe was only for the Old Testament. Put that to rest. Romans 15 says, whatever was written beforehand is meant to instruct us in how we live. Hmm. We find out that Abraham, when he tithed, it was before the law. And, we, and then we see the tithe in law. Great sorrow awaits you religious scholars and Pharisees, frauds and pretenders. See, I'm not that mean. For you are obsessed with peripheral issues. You see, you are possessed with peripheral issues. Like insisting on paying meticulous tithes on the smallest herbs that grow in your gardens. These matters are fine. What's fine? Tithing is fine. Yet you ignore the most important duty of all. To walk in the love of... Do you notice how Elder John, we had to deal with what? Agape. Before we dealt with what? Tithe. Because I love... My Jesus, he said, and you see, to display mercy to others and to live with integrity, re, re, uh, register your values in place. First things first. He says love is first. Because giving is a heart issue. So I'm so happy we're part of a community that spends time talking about love for three years, two years, however long it was. Because we want to make sure our foundation is built on first things first. <laughs> first things first. I, I. First thing first is agape. When first things are first, God can have your purse. When first things first, you don't mind saying, yes, sir, you can have it. You don't need no uh, strap on your purse. Here you go, God. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. When first things first, God can have your purse. Because <laughs> you know he don't want your purse. don't want your purse he wants your heart new testament christians are now called to a more extravagant free will giving in response to the gospel free will giving 
of the Lord Jesus based on faith in God as provider. Oh, Matthew 8. Then Jesus said to him, don't speak. This is a very important issue here. Next week, we're starting a new series. So this is it. I'm not going to say I'm not going to teach on giving after this, but but this, this is very crucial. This is very, very crucial for us to get this. Why am I giving you more scripture? Because you have to also be able to stand when family are attacking and other people are attacking and you see stuff on social media about prosperity gospel and about all of this, man. We tear each other down too much. But you got to be able to have something that holds you so you don't get robbed of your covenant with the Lord. He said, don't speak to anyone, but go at once and find a priest. This man just got healed. Say healed. No, no, no. Say healed. He just got healed. But go at once. This is what he tells him. And find a priest and show him what has happened to you. Make sure to take the offering Moses commanded. So they can certify your healing. We offer, we, say we. We offer out of the order of Melchizedek, the high priest. So if, if it was out of only for the Old Testament, then why can we find a place where it says that we are under the order of Melchizedek, Jesus being the high priest? Psalm 110 says, the Lord has sworn and will not revoke or change it. You are a priest forever, forever, ever, after the manner and order of Melchizedek. But that's in the Old Testament. Oh, Hebrews 5. As he says also in another place, maybe that place we just came from. You are a priest appointed forever after the order with the rank of Melchizedek who met Abram on the other side of the law. Now again, you're not cursed. You're not cursed because, and we'll get to because. I praise God that I get to tithe and don't have to tithe. I praise God I get to. I, I get to tithe. I don't have to. I get to. <laughs> I don't have to. You don't have to. You get to. Why? Because I'm free indeed. We aren't cursed if we don't tithe, but it's to our benefit when we do. Yeah. See, most people just want to come to church and get something. <laughs> Numbers 23. How can I, how, 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 how can I curse those God has not cursed? How can you curse somebody that's blessed? You, you can't curse because I'm not cursed. A tithe won't curse me. Not paying it won't curse me. If I fall back in the club tonight, won't curse me. <laughs> no, I ain't going to the club. Free for if I go to the club, I'm going for treasures in heaven. <laughs> but I ain't cursed. 
I don't go to the club to, and, and to stay out of trouble. See, we get in trouble in the club on this side. I didn't got emails from the club like, can y'all not do that again and, and, and pray in the club, please? What? I'm getting in trouble for saying Jesus. That's all the persecution we got to have. Ain't nobody going to run us over with a steamroller. We don't got to have church underground. Man, I get to give. <laughs> or how can I violently denounce those the Lord has not denounced? Galatians 3. Yet Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. He absorbed the cost. He took it. He absorbed it completely as he became a curse in our place. Either, either I'm cursed or he cursed. But according to scripture, he became a curse in our place. For, for, for it is written, everyone who is hung up on a tree is doubly cursed. And when he died, all of our sins was up on that tree. I can't get to give he absorbed the cost of my sin why would I want them why would I want the tithe to just be for the Old Testament I want some of that too how you just gonna give them the Holy Spirit how you gonna give the Apostle the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament the tithe Romans 6, don't you realize that grace frees you to choose your own master, mammon, or the Lord? You choose. God ain't mad at you. He's just like, man, you missing out because it's so good this way. <laughs> but choose carefully, for you surrender yourself to become a servant, bound to the one you choose to obey. Church, boom. And we understand in today's day, artists and creatives need to be pastored because they can't be at church all the time. We have, play, we have somebody gone for a few months filming. We get it. And most of the time, artists, they, they just don't go to church because they, 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 they feel obligated or bet, bet. No, 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 no. The part of being rooted in church is remaining connected with who has been given responsibility for your spiritual welfare and communicate so if you can't be here hey pastor i am be gone for three months pray for me I'm going to give you a call and if it's too many shorties then I might fly you out so you can keep me safe in the trailer <laughs> hey it get real out there right it's connected it's accountability it's having a church home praying for you For you surrender yourself to become a servant bound to the one you choose. If you choose to love sin, it will become your master. It will own you and reward you with death. But if you choose to love and obey God, he will lead you into perfect righteousness. Sons give based on relationship and desire to see family business thrive and increases in giving. 
Sons give under grace. Slaves give under the law. Law-abiding citizens give based on mood, circumstances, works, ability, or to avoid conviction. You see Adam and Eve, law. You see this picture of like a tithe. He said, y'all can have all of that. Just don't eat off this one. Y'all can have all of that. Believe this one for me. And ain't it funny how you think you could get more off the 10% than the 90? Look, 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 look. You, according to scripture, you don't be like, I'm going to go give Shirley my tithe. Now I ain't going to give it to the church. I'm going to give it to my auntie. Now, if you don't have a church home, you find one to sow into. But if you have a church home, you don't go eat at McDonald's and pay at Burger King. <laughs> you see, Jesus, he gave unto grace the last Adam. You see, Cain and Abel, Abel, law, I, I give you something, I here you go. Cain, I mean Abel, thoughtful. It hurt him. It cost him something. See, when you just give like this, like, here you go. You know what I'm saying? With your... <laughs> nah, man, me and, me, and my, me and wifey didn't gave to the point where I, I feel like going back up in there and grab the bucket. Bring that back. <laughs> Seed, come back. Don't go grow right now. <laughs> I see you right now. <laughs> That's when you know when you when you give and you walking back from the offering and you crying. <laughs> Or you sitting here and your wife, she like, babe, but the Lord telling me, you like, what? <laughs> but every time it costs something. So you got to, you got to, you don't go to the altar at the wedding, not nervous. I don't care if you want to get married, it's some, it's all kind of stuff going through your head. Because it costs something. Your life. One wife. Just one set. One set of everything. Just one set. I get one set. I'll be like, babe. You it. That's where I'm going to go. I'm going to stop there, babe. I promise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the whole point of just one set is like, hey, we got to make this work for the rest of our life. I'm a faithful man. I'm going to be a faithful man. I am a faithful man. Right? You just want. So when you, when you walk into that, oh, you just want. Just one. This is it. Everything change. On the other side of I do. 
And that's what sowing is. When you become a true sower, it's an act of I do. It's a covenant. It's, it's, it's saying literally, God, I trust you with my heart and my destination. Because you even struggle saying I do with God, giving to God, trusting God. It's sowing into rich soil of faith by tithing under grace. Wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's sowing into the rich soil of faith. This, this, is, this is something I told you I want to share. Now, I've never seen this before, and I hope it works out for you. But, but I feel I got this. No, I don't feel. This revelation of when we tithe is not just about now and the future. But if we are following the same covenant and principles that Abraham laid forth and there's something about things they've sown that our tithe begins to scoop up and, and, and stir up. I, I see Abraham and then I see the wells. Who was it? Isaac redug what? The wells. But he didn't, he, he got a whole new well. He found a well that had living water in it. All the other wells he went to dig in, haters was there. What? Resistance, opposition. And you think you're going to give and give and the harvest just going to pop off. It's opposition when you dig and when you give. But then what, tri what, 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 what showed up for me is he dug three times, two times, and then his servants start digging. What would happen if the people in the pews gave like the people on the platform? What, what would happen if we increased our commitments and our giving? What would happen if the, the, the commonality of the revelation of giving increases in the house and the servants take it just as serious to give as the leaders do? Because often what we have from here to here is it's, it's y'all responsibility to make this church work. And if it don't work, we'll go somewhere else. God called you. Don't be asking us to give. Or you hear, man, I give. And that's good. If the shoe fit, what? Wear it. But ever since... I've ever heard about giving. My, I've always been challenged to give even more. This time next year, I'm believing to be given more. And this time in two years, I'm believing to give more because my giving reflects my increase. <laughs> and I want God to be able, I want God to have my heart on every level he takes me. By tithing under grace, it releases the harvest that was sown, un sown under the law. And this is what I mean. You go to Joel, it says the former rain. I'm restoring the former and the latter. I've watched my grandmama. I know it's a har it's harvest that she has never seen. And just like Abraham, the Bible says he sowed his faith for a day he would never see. And your giving begins to tap into, not, not just 
this fresh harvest. There's stuff that's just been sitting, waiting for a generation to believe God. This is all in the scriptures. I'm not just tithing for new stuff. I'm tithing because my grandmama tithed and left and left some stuff behind. And everything she left behind was a part of God's promise for our bloodline. What grandchild gonna believe? Let me jump like five slides ahead. And what they resist, what was resisting them is the Philistines. And there is a Philistine spirit, especially in this city, that is trying to bully you out of advancing and growing the church. Every time you dig them wells, nope, get out of here. Nope. Get out of here. This is ours. But what did they keep doing? Cool. My God got what I need. I'll go to the next one there. Philistine, nope. Nope. Uh-uh. Nope. Cool. Back to the drawing board. Resilience. 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 We can't be motivated by the fear of punishment or loss, but motivated by love, joy, and gratitude. God wants your what? Heart. You see Exodus 25. He talks to the Israelites. And he says, from every man who gives it willingly and ungrudgingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. Let me tell you, man, let me tell you. If you don't give willingly, some pastors won't tell you this, but don't do it. If you don't want to give, don't give. You are not my source, the church source. My wife is not my source. If you don't want to give, you are free to never give. Ain't too many new new churches saying that one. But as we go back, no one will be able to say this church is doing this because of my giving ah it's God and it, it, you, it, you should count it a privilege he's giving you some ground to sow into <laughs> now how many farmers like land is over flooded and losing crops <laughs> you should be excited you have good ground to sow into <laughs> Then he sat down near the offering box, watching all the people dropping. Is Jesus sitting down looking at people give give offering? Do you see this, Daniela? Jesus cares about giving? Then he sat down. He sat down. Near the offering box. He didn't just sit over there. Hand me the box. The bucket. <laughs> Jesus was like this. He's so cold. He's like walking down the street. He's like.
He said he was sat down near the offering box watching all the people dropping in their coins. Many of the rich would put in very large sums, but a destitute widow walked up and dropped in two small copper coins worth less than a penny. Jesus called his disciples, hey, hey, <laughs> JT, you know, Dylan, uh, I tell you the truth, man, this poor widow has given a larger offering than any of the wealthy. <laughs> For the rich only gave out of their surplus. And that's what I mean. You give because you can. When, when have you tapped in to where it... God, I believe you. He, he don't mind you crying to give. But he mind when you complaining to give. <laughs> Lord, I put my money in the bar. I put my money in the equipment. I put my money into all these different things for too long. Like the woman with the issue of blood, I've spent my money on everything. Now I'm ready to go try Jesus. You don't have to go limping to Jesus. Trust him while you're healthy, while you're walking. While the storm ain't raging, trust them. <laughs> and gave to God all that she had to live on. Which was everything she had. Do you see? No shame. No pride. I mean, this ain't just for people to give more. I'm talking to people who sit and, who stress and trip off only having a toonie. <laughs> Put that toonie in the Walk up here with your toonie, drop it in the bucket. And if you don't want folks to hear that it's a coin, put some tissue around it and drop it in the bucket. <laughs> Wrap it up. Nah, but nothing to be shamed about because God is looking at your heart. You got people walking down and they giving, they, they, they budget it to God. Lord, I'm going to give you this amount every month. And it's nowhere near. I'm going to give you this, and I'm going to stack way more over here. When you don't understand that giving to God is stacking. He said, bring ye all the tithes into the what? Storehouse. Store. It's storing up. It's storing up. When you sow into the kingdom of God, you sow into heavenly treasure. We almost done. We almost done. And we read this, and if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own to feed the poor and to offer my body to burn as a martyr, not literally burn as a martyr, or it could be that, but also give throwing yourself in entirely into ministry <laughs> without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. You see this? So when you're giving for any other reason except you want to see God's plans and heart and his people advance. <laughs> He's looking at the condition of our hearts. What did he say? You don't gain nothing. The motivation is more important than the gift itself. 
You see John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his best. His best. <laughs> Jesus said, never the less. I'm not going to give God the lesser. I'm going to give God the greater. He deserves it. I give this not as an order to dictate to you, but to prove by pointing out the zeal of others, the sincerity of your own love. For you have experienced the extravagant grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that although he was infinitely rich, he impoverished himself for our sake, so that by his poverty we could become rich beyond measure. So here are my thoughts concerning this matter, and it's in your best interest. Since you made such a good start last year, both in the grace of giving and in your longing to give, longing to give, longing to give, you should finish what you started. You were so eager in your intentions to give, so go do it. Finish this act of worship according to your ability to give. For if the intention and desire are there, the size of the, not what you don't have. I'm not saying this in order to ease someone else's load by overloading you. When we're asking, give, and it seems like you got the pressure to give. It ain't always pressure. Sometimes it's God saying, be a blessing. I'm trying to do something greater in your life. I'm trying to get stuff to you. But if I can't get it through you, I can't get stuff to you. And you're thinking it's the pastor just asking to give, give, give. No, God is trying to get things through you. And there's people who literally actually can't give. And this is what he's saying. If the people that can give, give, it all balances itself out. And you'll see. It says it's a matter. Here, here we go. I'm not saying this in order. He says, but as a matter of fair balance, your surplus could meet their need. And their abundance may one day meet your need. This equal sharing of abundance will mean a fair balance. As it is written, the one who gathered much didn't have too much. And the one who gathered little didn't have too little. That is not this world. Kingdom giving assures there's more than enough for everybody. When you get a chance, you see 2 Corinthians 9, and God is able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing. Who's able? Come to you in what? Abundance, so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be, what? Self-sufficient. Who's able to do that? Possessing enough to require no aid or support. You see this, Mark? No aid, no support. There's no reason for me to be tight-fisted when I serve the one who has all. And he can move on anybody's heart. He can bring any situation. He can work anything out for me like that. I've seen it. Like that. I've seen it. I've seen him provide. The, listen, the matter, the, the, the amount doesn't matter. If you need several thousand, God can do it. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest. But the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving. 
all because God loves hilarious generosity. The church is God's storehouse from which blessings flow from and to all partners and the world. A generous church is an impactful living organism. I'm going to read Acts 4. I'm going to give you this scripture really quick. Shikaba. Nope. Obedience, Pastor T. Obedience. All the believers were one in, one, one in, one in mind and heart. Selfishness was not a part of their community. You hearing this love quest? Selfishness was not a part of their community, for they shared everything they had with one another. The apostles gave powerful testimonies about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great measures of grace rested upon them all. Some who owned houses or land sold them. You, you, you're hearing this. This is scripture. And brought the proceeds before the apostles to distribute to those. Who did they bring it? They brought them into the storehouse and entrusted God's servants to distribute them. Not a single person among them was needy. This is why I tell you, we have to get in a position, Love Quest, for what God is about to bring through this city and in this town specifically so that we can be this type of influence in the city. You can't just live off a of seed and need. We need to live off harvest but can't have harvest without seed sowing. It is not God's intention for you to live off of the seed. In the Old Testament, not bringing tithe and offerings resulted in a curse for robbing God. But God, in the New Testament, under grace, we rob ourselves. You're not robbing God, you're robbing yourself from an opportunity to tap into some areas that without that trust, you'll never be able to tap into. You trust in mammon, you trust in your way, you trust in your job, you trust in the economy, you trust in tax returns. You don't question the tax man. That's not love, they force you to pay. Lord gives you a choice. But you see how faithful we are over forcing than we are over freedom. And that's how you know it is such a rich blessing because the Lord's like, I'm not going to force you to do it. That's on you. Malachi 3. I didn't want to start here. <laughs> Will a man rob or defraud God? Yet you rob and defraud me. But you say, in what way do we rob and defraud you? You have withheld your tithes and offerings. You are cursed with the curse. This is the scripture that's always used. You are cursed with the curse. For you are robbing me, even this whole nation. And this is powerful. That when we don't trust God, we rob the nation he's called us to be a help to. If God can't have your heart, the nation misses out. Bring all the tithes, the whole tenth of your income, 
the whole tenth of your income into the storehouse that there may be food in my house no lack but whatever this vision needs it will always and I just believe this little funny thing right here I think God went before to the end so he knows everything that every church planter gonna ever need how many people budget here don't raise your hand or raise your hand I don't know but you know budgeting is a good thing right don't you think God budgeted the whole thing out? And he said, if every church is faithful over tithe, we won't have to go get no. We won't have to go do. Pastor ain't got to. If every church walk in agape, we ain't got to get up here and even preach on giving. But I understand faith comes by what? Hearing. Do you trust the Lord? He said that there may be food in my house. And prove me now by it, says the Lord. Here you go. There's all these resources in this community that are supported by a government. We are a government. The kingdom of God is a government. And we are a resource for man's soul. You don't think God wants to make sure that this resource... Don't close down or this resource can advance with vision and innovation and partnerships. This is a resource just like UGM is, just like any other resource is. And if all those resources need government assistance, I just read a scripture. He said, when you trust me, you won't need no government aid. You could be a church that stands in its own government full of faith If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. He said windows, not a window, windows. My God, man, he said windows. He said windows, windows. He didn't, he didn't say, I'm going to pour you out out of a window. Now, this is crazy. A window from heaven. I, I remember we had this. A window from heaven. I, I said it before. I, was like, I ain't never seen those shoes just fall out the sky. I remember Juan Carlos was like, "Yes, I have." <laughs> he just full of faith. He full of faith. <laughs> but. But what this means is, man, when I have your heart, what's going to come out of them windows? Innovation and witty ideas and peace and, and, and direction and, and favors and, and, and clarity. It's, it's so, Ephesians 1.3 says, I have given you every spiritual blessing in what? Heavenly places. When I have your heart, man, there is no, I don't say sky's the limit. I say heaven's the limit. Heaven's the limit. Where there is no limit, that's where the limit is. And with a child of God, there is no limit. Why would you trust the world more than you trust God? He is faithful. The world didn't wake you up. The world didn't heal you. The world didn't die for you. They didn't, no, God is faithful. And I don't care about numbers here. There's statistics out there. I want to break them. 
that less than 40% of the church, a local church gives to its church. The church is living off a few people. It's a few people carrying the load. What would happen if even half the church? Yeah, there's partnerships out there, but I don't want to raise a poverty mentality church where we depend on people that don't go here to take care of the church, but the people who getting fed here ain't given to the church. I break the spirit of poverty in the name of Jesus. I break the spirit of lack in the name of Jesus. I declare the enemy cannot lie no more. Come on, if you're a prayer warrior, just begin to intercede right now. Father, we thank you for your abundant grace. We thank you, Father, that you shall provide from the north, the south, the east, and the west, Lord God. I declare, Father, we shall not be children of fear, but we shall be children of faith. Come on, just begin to worship him. Begin to give him a lavish worship, a lavish praise. He is faithful, he is good, he is kind, he is awesome, he is mighty. Lord, you're mighty in the name of Jesus. We're all out of time, but we're never out of word. Tune in next time and visit our website, lovequestchurch.com.